Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm Jack Kolejewski, joined today by a quad of boys here to talk to you about a movie that we have just freshly seen. We haven't chatted to each other about it. We save that for you, our dear listeners, on this microphone. Today, I'm joined by... Brian Castellano. And... Robert Anderson. And... Jeremy Kolejewski. How you boys doing? I mean, you know. You know. Okay. (laughs) So we just saw a movie. Um... Jeremy, you wanna you wanna share with our listeners what we saw? We saw Ari Aster's film, produced by the always reliable A twenty four, Hereditary. Store screen uh, favorites, probably mm-hmm. my favorite. We love we love some A twenty four. We like some A twenty four around yeah. this part. If you like movies, you like A twenty four. So this is the new. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> this is the new horror movie by A twenty four, and Ari Aster, new director. Oh yeah, not on the scene. Um, is this written his and first directed. Flick. Yeah, first. What? This is his directorial. Yeah, guess what? Debut. He's he's really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so was uh, the witch. Was Robert Eggers. True. Directorial and written. Uh, he re- wrote and directed that movie as I mean, well. Same with uh, Jordan Peele. Also. So this is the third year in a row that A twenty four has put out a relatively new directors. At least Trey or Edward Schultz is the only person that had released a movie prior to his A twenty four release. Right. Um, and even so, like, Krisha that he had put out before It Comes at Night was fairly I believe Krisha was A24 as well. Was Krisha A24 as well? So then yeah. they did his debut as well. But A24 is starting to make a name for itself year after year of putting out a new or up-and-coming director's horror film. Yeah. And uh, this, I have to say at the top, this was my my probably number one most excited movie that I've been looking forward to since we heard that A24 was doing another... I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was unannounced horror movie by A24. And I was like, that's... I'm looking forward to that. And as soon as they started showing the trailers, I was in. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think of this movie? Round. Everyone's tense and round, quiet. Let's a uh, round table, perhaps? It chilled me to the bone. Chilled you to the bone. Yeah. Um, I was thoroughly entertained. I wasn't really scared by the movie, surprisingly, but I was more interested in like what the crazy is underneath the movie. Mm-hmm. Like what what's what's going on, what's what's actually going on in the movie. And that's what I really like to watch. And it was I'll talk about it more yeah, we'll during get into spoiler we'll talk. Because it. uh... I feel like this movie is really hard to talk about. Without spoiling half the movie. Oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> we'll give uh, it a shot. That's what we'll do. We'll we'll unpack it. We'll uh we'll group session this. It might one. be like horror movies in general kind of have that mm-hmm. problem, especially because uh the the marketing and the trailers for this movie are not super indicative of what you get, absolutely which I think not. is which I think is good. I mean, I do too. That's a movie that or that's a, a conversation that we have around almost every horror movie that we go see and then talk about on the microphone. The difficulty of marketing. A horror movie to yeah. especially to wider audiences i mean for one in most cases with horror the less you know going in the better off you are absolutely agree absolutely and i think i think that the trailer that they put out for the original trailer for hereditary uh was very good and very well made they had the kind of click throughout yeah kind of like the rising tension of the trailer 
they cut it in such a way that it was not they weren't just walking you through the plot they more convey the sort of tone and i think for those horror campaigns like marketing campaigns the the hereditary campaign was fairly faithful at least to the tone and the atmosphere of what this movie actually was what did you what did you I think totally of it agree in, with in general robbie uh i mean i it's one of those movies that like now, now i'm starting to figure it out because when you when you leave it you're just kind of like man i was that was spooky but uh i'm still kind of in that mood right now. yeah you still kind of feeling that I still feel a little tense i think that the i think the fact that i do feel that way is probably indicative of like a very quality film um i also think that I'm a little wuss when it comes to scary movies, so the the fear <laughs> part of it, it like was very effective to me personally, and maybe we can all elaborate elaborate on that mm-hmm. more. But I uh, I I think the movie is very well made. I think it's very well directed. I will not see it again, but I think it's <laughs> very good. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I gave it some love at the end of the year. You know? Yeah. Um. I I think part of what has made a twenty four so successful with the recent string of horror movies that it's it's made is that they are making film first films first and and by through making films they are making horror films they're not setting out Mm -hmm. to scare you they are setting out to tell a story first and usually it's a story about some sort of anxiety or fear or or uh um Mm, I mean that that's that's the best way to go about it. Though, yeah, is to tell a story because if you tell an effective story, you give a shit about what happens to the characters. Prejudice thus, was the word that I was missing. <laughs> thus, yeah. making the horror like all the more real and intense because you don't want you know bad things to happen to these characters. Right, but of of course they happen. It's a horror movie. Right, I, I totally agree with what you said, Jack. Um, the the movie isn't like carbon or it's, it isn't like trying to hit horror movie beats like it's not just like jump scare creepy stuff exposition like like what how most uh horror movies are nowadays mm-hmm. this movie is a, a story first right and the scaring happens whether you whether you're scared or not it's creepy yeah it no matter what like you you can't sit through this movie and say that you weren't a little skeeved or yeah. a little the little hair on the back of your neck goes up. I mean, that theater was quiet. Yeah. Very quiet. Which is good. Um, I don't understand the people who bring popcorn into these kinds of movies. Because there was someone sitting right behind me just like... Oh, I heard you talking about that before like, the movie started. Why would you... What compels you to want to sit there and munch? It's almost... It's, it's, I say no, it, it's like a coping mechanism. It probably is. It is probably like a safety net. I, I wanted to... There was a part where I wanted my, my dinner to leave my body during the film, <laughs> and I almost did, so I, yeah. I would not want any film... That's kind of... Uh, any, any food with me. The movie starts out with that big long shot of the, of the mother's uh, miniature sets. And I could I could hear the guy trying to like quiet himself as yeah, he's eating just, the popcorn. Just yeah. like, oh, this is gonna be a quiet movie. Yeah. I should uh, probably chill a little bit. Well, we talked about this after seeing a Quiet Place as well, right. which that movie is built around silence. Mm-hmm. But this movie, I would say, also uses silence and and quiet to a very disturbing uh, effect. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, it's taking place in this familial home. Do we want to try to talk about what this movie is about before we... It's in the title. I mean... I mean, yeah. It yeah. is a family drama. There's an anxiety of, of having something your family has. There's an anxiety around like you being a carrier, your children being carriers of a darkness or a thing. And also guilt. 
and guilt guilt. and the guilt of passing something on to Mm -hmm. your to your family and the guilt of of accepting your family and loving your family and regret and there's there's a lot of like first and foremost this is a movie about family drama and it builds the horror into that idea of family drama and i think again that's what makes the a24 horror movie so successful is that they are based on a real life anxiety. I mean, most horror movies are based on a real life anxiety, but I think it's more relatable. It, the A twenty four movies have done a really good job of hammering that home and let the horror come in by presenting those anxieties first mm-hmm. and taking those anxieties to their their extreme. And they find great houses for all these movies. Very good houses. Whoever oh, is yeah. the house scout that they have on their teams, he's a good guy. Do you know Jeremy where this where this movie is filmed? I do not. Okay. I didn't really you look too mean? much. The, the license plate looked like Maine. I was gonna say either Northwest mm-hmm. or like somewhere in New England. Mm-hmm. Did it look like they're in desert areas when they're on like some yeah. roads? That's what kind of tricked me because well, it, it looked. I'm not sure it was just dark and like flat. I think it was just dark. That's yeah. why I was kind of thinking that it did seem mountainous. Like there were mountains mm-hmm. in the background, but then there were also like but there large were, flat. But they were cold all the time as well, and they were also cold. So it couldn't be like Arizona or anything like that, you know. I didn't get the Arizona. But there were like a lot of green trees around. Oh, well, especially the house. where they were, yeah. So that's why I was thinking maybe Northwest because there are deserts up there as well as greenery. So oh, that would make more sense. Then, that, yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. But um, maybe we'll look that up in the. Break. I, I I I think it's just like grassland, and the 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 area closest to the road was just like sand and stuff. Could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't see any of those stuff like during the daytime, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, well, there we is don't have to get too hung up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we'll look it up over the break yeah, and yeah. we'll figure it then out. We'll but I think it is it is important to stress that the, the setting in in the house and outside of the house was just just the whole way this movie is shot. Stunning. Is, is it stands out. Isolating. Yeah, isolating. It's very isolated. Yeah, I mean, when they're in the house, the house feels scary and creepy. There's some scenes where they they really use like the the lack of light, and like there are parts where it's like the frame is all black except for like a few things, and they yeah. do that a few times, or kind of like things lingering the shadows. Like truly has the effect of like when you think you see something at night. That kind of it's just I'm like that's happened to me before. They use that a lot. I mean, I <clears throat> pulled up in my driveway. Um, in behind my apartment, and the car next to me was parked next to me, and well, obviously, but the car, <laughs> the, car the car parked next to me had they had like draped their jacket over the um, back of the seat on the mm. passenger side, so it looked so like the, that, the head was catching that out. like out of the corner of my eye. I was like, "Fuck, man." <laughs> This is one of those movies where I'm like, it's just gonna suck going to sleep you're, tonight. You're it's gonna, gonna, gonna check be, your corners tonight. It's gonna be a bad time. Yeah. This this is also a movie I felt like every every frame was like littered with like either clues or you the movie wants you to look in the dark places to right. like find stuff that you you never really see right. if you're if you're just looking at the character that's in the center frame. And a lot of the movie was shot. I mean, the movie. So Tony Collette is the the main character in this film. She's the the matron of this family, mm-hmm. um, and her mother has just died, and the movie opens with a funeral, and they they show in the also the very beginning of the movie that she is an artist and her craft is that she makes miniature dioramas, mm-hmm. and the movie itself is shot 
as it's looking into a diorama. Like every, for the most part, a lot of the shots are uh, still framed. There's a depth of field. In, depth of field, yes. That that they use to pull off that effect, and it's and it's very unsettling. I mean, it's, it's very... it feels unnatural to yeah. watch a movie that is just the camera is is. Uh, locked in one position and you are looking in Mm -hmm. it's like it's cut down the center of a model exactly and the first shot is totally indicative of well yeah the first shot like guides your eye to sort of like train your brain to see that and then Mm -hmm. the rest of the movie uses that framing the Mm -hmm. end of the movie gets very wide and i kind of feel like you're more in that diorama setting because there's a more like kind of movements happening in that later part of the movie and uh I thought it was interesting because you don't see the house that way for most of the movie. And then, like, kind of stylistically, the camera work changes towards the end. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's also a, a, a horror technique that this movie uses to great effect to introduce just slightly imperceptible impossibilities to your eye. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Jeremy, it's, it's disarming to see the movie shot in that diorama kind of framing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not what we're used to seeing in most films. And I think that, right from the bat, puts you at kind of at ease watching something like that. And then filling those frames with unsettling imagery and atmosphere makes that effect even more pronounced. Mm-hmm. And I, some of these things, like, there were, maybe we can talk about it more in spoilers, but there were things throughout the movie that felt like imperceptible kind of things that they're doing to kind of trick your brain that, you know, the kind of like, Dream sequences? Not or? the dream sequences. Even, like, things that it's not drawing any attention to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it was a Alien back in the day, um, or maybe or maybe The Exorcist or something like that. They played tones at imperceptible frequencies during the movie that, like, some people pick up on and some people don't. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just a constant tone that plays throughout the movie to make you feel that much more uncomfortable but in you talk, you're talking about like the actual score of the movie or? no like actually like there is like little just sound audio effects. sound effects that are just kind of like there in the background to kind of just fuck with your brain okay i, I kind of felt like that was like the soundtrack i i kind of felt like johan johansson yeah was doing like the long like, well, I mean, the, the, may he rest in peace the the soundtrack is definitely also like actively trying to unsettle you i think mm-hmm. in that way with the you know the the strings and the and the like low slow horns and stuff like that mm-hmm. but even even outside of that like i think there were i it seemed like there were things in there i, I guess i'll talk about it specifically now it's not a spoiler but mm-hmm. there were moments of dialogue that i don't know if this is like an adr thing or if this was intentional but the lip movement movements just didn't quite line up Right, I, I saw that in one scene. Yeah, we'll t- okay, we'll talk about it over the over the spoilers. Yeah, but it's that kind of like little thing. It could be just a sort of uh, ADR mess up, a ADR mess up, and asynchronicity. I, I don't know, but I, I want to believe that it's intentional to just kind of send. You know, our brains are pattern signaling, our mm. pattern recognizing things. Our brains are very used to identifying people and seeing things, and when mm. the uncanny valley happens. Whether we perceive it or not, it puts us at unease. There's, I, I don't think it's a it's a mess up because yeah. of how precise everything about this movie feels. Yeah. It feels very much like an old school um, '60s and '70s style horror. Like Hitchcockian, it's, kind it's of. Hitchcockian, um, Rosemary's Baby, uh, The Changeling, and uh, you know, like even very indicative of The Shining 
you know, I've like it's kind of old hat to compare like a good horror movie to The Shining, but it does have some similarities in its in its like uneasiness and eeriness and just slowly unraveling things that are just don't look quite right. Yeah. And then it ramping that up as it as it goes. I definitely think the sound was um not a mistake at all. I felt like this was like a, almost like a David Lynch sound audio engineer who was yeah. just like every sound is so important to just the tone and the context and the story that nothing's a mistake. It's all supposed to be like that. It feels that way. Mm-hmm. That precise is a good way to describe it. I mean, it, it uh, a lot of the shots, there is a lot of symmetry going on there. Um, it's very through, still. Yeah. Going through door Very frames. still. Well, that's, that's very, very smooth camera movement. Yeah. And that fixed camera angle, the diorama shots most of the time, it is mm-hmm. very still. Mm-hmm. The movie almost yeah. <laughs> the, mov- the movie almost moves at the pace that the that the camera moves. Yeah, I, I often felt at times that the movie wasn't like it wasn't getting fast, but it was just consistently at this one pace through right. the entire thing, and then I was okay with it because I was, it's not gonna like blow up in like some climax or something. I mean, there's no mistaking this is you know if you've seen one of those A twenty four horror movies prior, like this is one of those. It oh, is yeah. a slow burn. Mm-hmm creeping dread atmosphere kind of thing i think it does ramp up a lot at the end <laughs> for sure uh as, well, as feels like, other it feels like a movies. different movie almost yeah um i feel like what what brian said earlier is that the movie doesn't follow kind of like horror beats it like tells a story i definitely agree um until like the last act where i think it almost like becomes like the horror movie that was marketed yeah and i agree i think it's effective but the movie feels very different and uh, I think it's. I think the movie kind of opens up to a wider audience in that last act, uh, which maybe we could talk about in spoilers. Is good or bad? I I lean towards good though. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's effective. I think, I, with, I think within there, even once start, shit starts popping off, it's mm-hmm. not it's not necessarily popping off in a horror tropey sort of way. It's not like jump scary yeah. per se. It is but... still cre- even once it starts to speed up. It is still at the pace of creeping dread. It's yeah. imagery. Yes. Yeah, I I didn't feel like it was like. There's only one scene where it's like, yeah, and then it's like, that's it. Chills out again. Yeah. Um, Do we, go ahead, Jeremy, you have a, oh yeah. I I was going to say, do we want to just jump into spoilers here? Because we're, I, again, oh, I did, I did, I did have, it's, has a lot of parallels to the witch. Well, yeah. I'd say. Exactly. Like both in like themes. Yes. And, and mythology and directorial style. Yes. But we'll get more into that. I mean, I spoilers. think these directors are probably influencing each other. You know, yeah. Robert Eggers, Trey mm-hmm. Edward Schultz, and Ari Aster in this case. I mean, are, it's, it's a renaissance of horror movies for sure. There, they, there are things like we have not seen. They are reinventing the mo- the modern horror classic. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not just to say that A24 is the only production house doing this. Bloomhouse. Mm, Bloomhouse is pretty hit or miss. But, but when they have hits... When they have hits, their hits hit hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know who produced Babadook. It was Babadook. an Australian company. Okay. I well, believe. I would put them in the same category. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Babadook's probably a very early example of kind of that. One of the earlier yeah. ones, for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, I think we should try to head into spoilers now rather than later because... Mm. This is the kind of movie that uh, 
you are better off seeing, knowing as little about it. As I was, possible. I yeah, was pleased for sure. I was terrified the whole time. I was very pleased to kind of. There's, there's like a point where you're like, oh, I did not think this, this, I did not know this was happening. This is a different movie than I thought. This yeah. is, this is cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it's, it's not for the faint of heart, and it's if you're looking for like a good time kind of. Funhouse, like kind of like nope. it or The Conjuring. Nope, you're not gonna get that. It's nope. not that. Not at all. Nope. No. no, it's a bad time. I had a bad time. It was bad. I really liked it. It's bad. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the best worst times you can have at the yeah. movie theater. That is true. It's it's deeply upsetting. It's very say. upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's fun because, like I usually do when we go to see horror movies like this, I before the movie comes out try to gather or or plan a work outing with my coworkers to the draft house. Um, yeah, you have to see Mother like the twice. Following, the following Tuesday. <laughs> Savage. Uh, I did this with It Comes at Night. I did this with Mother. Uh, I think we did it with It, but I mean... It you did it with uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer, I did it with... Um, so and, the, and yet still, these people continue to talk to me. And continue to agree to come with me to see these movies. Yeah, I mean, I would, it must so be hitting them in some if, kind of way. I don't know if it's on me or if it's on them, but uh, I'm looking forward to going out with them on Tuesday and scarring this some of the This guy does the does the movie podcast yeah. that makes us sad. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> I, I definitely want to see this movie again. Yeah, me too. It, it, usually, usually horror movies, I just see it once and then I get like I absorb the whole thing. But in this movie, there's so many clues and stuff throughout the whole movie it's that dense. like. Watching it a second time will engage you more, I feel. I think watching it the second time... And part of the reason why I like watching horror movies like this more than once is because the first time you you watch it, you don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. you have the tension of just not knowing what comes next. Mm-hmm. So watching it, having seen it all the way through, you can just sort of... I think you're a little bit less on edge because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next. Sure. And you can sort of enjoy the craft a little bit better. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what definitely. I would want to get as out of a second viewing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm not that sick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm well, but I'm not that that's sick. That's fair. Um, okay, so we're gonna take a quick break, and then we will be back with spoilers, and we will talk about. Uh, we'll dig into this movie in depth, which is something I think the four of us need to get off our chests, yeah. uh, so we can sleep tonight. Yep, go see the movie so it makes money. Yeah, definitely go see the movie. I think they'll be fine on the on the move on the money part. They usually do pretty well. This movie has like a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and the buzz has been Don't pretty. Not on purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh oh. We uh, talked. Jeremy about that. raised his fist at me and uh-huh. grabbed my shirt. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I think that I'm very curious to see how this movie does this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Because the buzz leading up to it has been very positive. It's been positive for a long time because this movie did very well on the film festival circuit. Yeah, I think I think it played at South by Southwest. Yeah, and it got a lot of praise there. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, we'll be back in uh, just a quick moment with some in depth discussion on Hereditary. Oh yeah. Hello, welcome to another episode of. It's Fitz, where StoryScreen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1991 Jonathan DeMay film, The Silence of the Lambs. 
I knew you were going to ask this one. I mean, I knew I was going to think about this one. Silence of the Lambs. Probably top five, top ten. Um, it's very, it's a, is it a horror movie? Is it a thriller? Is it a mystery? Not sure, but it's fucking scary. It's real. Um, Buffalo Bill, Q Lazarus, Goodbye Horses, <laughs> Jodie Foster, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> He eats people. And yeah, the, <laughs> the movie's epic. Shut the fuck up. This has been another episode of It's Fits. We're back. Welcome back to our group therapy. About <laughs> hi, I'm Brian. Uh, hi, hi, Brian. How do you feel? Uh... I feel like this movie has, like, two halves. The first half is the anxiety of schizophrenia and hereditary of, like, getting these mental illnesses from your elder parents Mm -hmm. and people who come before inheriting their mistakes, inheriting their guilt, all that stuff. And the second half is a spiritual witch seance ghost story. But I would say that... Which has some of the elements of the first part exactly. of the movie. The, 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 and it works. They, they go hand in hand. You know, it's the... Schizophrenia is scary, right? It's and, terrifying. And, and dementia is scary. Alzheimer's is scary. Especially when it runs in your family. Mm-hmm. To convey that sense of fear of something like that, it's... You know, if you just show someone with those symptoms mm-hmm. in a movie, it's not all that scary. Mm-hmm. But if you personify it in... A way that is culturally culturally recognized as something that is inherently tied to horror. Mm-hmm. That is a way to convey in a visceral way the kind of emotion that you would feel in that sort of scenario. Absolutely, it's the same thing that Babadook does with depression. I, I think I think what I'm trying to mean is like the first half of the, I don't even know it's the first half. It's like the first two thirds kind of of the movie are very almost believable. Yeah, like it's these, reserved. Like these sure. people could Very be having subtle. mental illnesses. Like you don't know. You don't know if they're like telling the truth or not. Whereas the the last third or last half has just like a mythology and uh, a, uh, almost like a textbook kind of winch, witch witchery. It, <laughs> it, it feels as though is that like it finally deals its hand. It yeah. does. It feels yeah. like it's holding it for a long time, and then so I mean. I guess I didn't. I I purposely tried not to know too much about this movie, mm-hmm. but I was a little surprised at how directly it was dealing with paranormal in the way of like, okay, now we're doing a séance. Yeah. Do you guys now feel, it's ghosts? Do you guys feel the movie is almost disjointed in that way, no. or do you think it, it kind of cohesively works together? They it, def they definitely ease into it with the mother. Uh, as best as they could. Yeah. Like you, you. There's like a there's a point in the middle of the movie where you're like, well, I don't know if it's mental illness or spirits and stuff. It could it could go either way, right. and then it's like, is this, no, it's is all this, this. Is this post traumatic stress? Yeah, exactly. Is, it, is this yeah. the work of an unreliable narrator? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it is jarring. So we're talking now about how um, Annie is the main character. Mm-hmm. 
She meets someone played wonderfully by Tony. Collette. Tony Collette is fantastic. I never, mean, never trust shit. Tony Collette in anything. Even <laughs> even before going into and seeing this movie, there has been a lot of buzz about Oscar consideration for mm-hmm. Tony Collette, and I saw already like a think piece go up about will the Academy be able to separate genre and recognize Tony Collette for a stellar performance. And I think if last year's Oscars are anything to go off of, mm-hmm. they are willing to go into some uncharted territory and hand out awards. Especially since them. they nominate Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya. For, exactly. For Get Out. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is a performance that is on par with Daniel Kaluuya's, if not better. Yeah. You know, I think she has a lot of range in the movie, especially throughout its three acts. Like, the character changes with the film very greatly and and goes to you know unexpected places of hysteria i did not think it was going to go you know she is unraveling in yeah. this movie mm-hmm. and and, then, and the, the the tension between the whole family in this house is palpable from the get-go it's so it's, hard to watch it's, it's very hard to it's watch. Utter, it's utterly it's it's disgustingly perfect how they frame a family going through all these struggles right and like yeah. how like they don't trust each other or they just say things that they shouldn't be saying. Right. And it all just comes spilling out in, in such a traumatic and uh, believable way, honestly. And yeah. I mean, even from the opening of the movie, they are going to and coming home from a funeral. Mm-hmm. It's the grandmother's funeral, Tony, mm-hmm. um, Annie's mother. And they make a point to kind of show you all the characters and show you how they're reacting to this funeral. Yeah. And Annie's character is, I'm fine. Yeah. It's okay. They're they, they really fine except, the, yeah, except then, the daughter. And then Peter as well as the son who's played, but what is his name? I don't know. Uh, Jumanji he's, Boy. He's been on a lot recently. I think we he's should. Jumanji Boy. We should, <laughs> oh, really? That's his We name. haven't watched Jumanji. That's his, that's his birth name. He was Jumanji in Jumanji Boy. for like a little while and then they disintegrated him with the other teens. Oh, what do you mean? He's, he's the main character. He's yeah. the rock. Yes. He is, he, he <laughs> spoilers. Be, he becomes spoilers Dwayne for the Jungle Book. Oh, the new Jumanji movie. The new Jumanji movie. He's also. He probably wasn't even born. When the original one came out, yeah, true, yeah, true, I don't true. think it was a concept yet. Um, but yeah, the the daughter is the only one that's really affected, right, by the grandmother's death. Charlie is the daughter's name. Yeah, the the granddaughter of the grandmother, and uh, the mother is doesn't really know how to feel. She's like, should I be sad? The husband's just being, you know, the hard backbone. Like she, it wasn't his mother, but he's just trying to be there for his family. Mm-hmm. And the son was just like, yeah, you know. Old people die, kind of thing. Alex Wolf is the name of the song. Wow, what a Hollywood movie! Yeah, uh, Hollywood name he has. Yes, yes he Alex does. Wolf. Alex Wolf is looking for his daughter. You can put yeah. that on a poster. You can. She's on a plane <laughs> train going. Who, who's the Who's the actress that plays the daughter? Oh, uh, because she was fantastic. She was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Like for for such a young kid, and yes. not in the movie as much as I thought she was going to be. No. <laughs> yeah. Millie Shapiro is her name. She was great. Um, I don't know if she has been in anything before, but she's got a career ahead of her now. I can tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, that's that's kind of like the marketing of the trailers. The fact that they made her kind of seem like she was going to be almost the main character. The main. She's going to be yeah. like the monster. You yeah. know. Oh, oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's you know like you. I, I, that's how I perceive the trailers. It's just like. She's the spooky. She's gonna give everyone a spooky time. Well, I mean, they, they portray her in a way that she looks very spooky in the trailer. I think they show her cut off the bird's head in the trailer. Yeah. And she's doing the 
thing. Which no one likes. Very yeah. upsetting. No one likes yeah. it. it I don't like very, it. I don't very, like it. Very, very upsetting. It's, gr- it's gross. It's unnerving. You, you don't want to be a part of that. A tick, a tick like that. Did you guys think really he was going to do the click at the end? The very, I was, I, I like looked at Jeremy and I was like, he's going to do the no, I think it would have been really fucking corny for that to be like the last shot because he already does it. Know, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back to the end. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, that the the scene, the whole part where she goes to the party and the hold on, we're not there yet either. Are, are we? I, I don't think so. No, really? no. okay. Because I, I want to set up. I want to talk more about like where we find this family when the movie opens. Yeah, because it is a mo- It is a family that at first appears to have some sort of composure because mm-hmm. they're coming back from this funeral. The daughter is upset, clearly. Charlie is upset, clearly. But they make a point of saying she didn't cry, even mm-hmm. as a baby, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and they're they're seeding, like you said, a lot of clues in there in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, they talk about how Grandma was so close with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Wanted her to be time. a boy. Wanted her to be a boy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there That immediately sets off some red flags. It's just like, wait a second. What's yeah. going hey, on why here? Why does grandma want you to be a boy? That's yeah, weird for that's grandma to want you to be a boy. really weird for a grandmother to go to a baby girl and be like, I wish you <laughs> I were wish a boy. You were a boy. Yeah. It's gonna, like, no. You, like, you gotta be a football player. It's like, that's a weird thing to say, grandma. Put me yeah. down. Put me <laughs> down, grandma. Please. <laughs> but I think you... I mean, very early on, Tony Collette has her spaghetti scene when she goes to group therapy. Yeah, that yeah, monologue she, is just like, oh my god, she's she just like the rushing whole, this. The yeah. whole backstory of her family and how like tormented and mentally ill perceived perceived mentally ill they are. Yeah, suicides, schizophrenia, dementia, all these things, and you're just like, you could see that her character is worried that she's gonna be like them. Right. That she yeah. that and her guilt is already taken hold like she is that. Well she says, I feel blamed. Yeah. And she doesn't know why. Yeah. And it's because of that 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 residual guilt that she has that she is afraid is this all this is going to happen to her own family. Yeah. It's a great way to convey exposition. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, yeah. just sit her down in that group therapy and let her That's usually a, act a the big, shit out a of that. A big no no, especially on like it happens a lot in uh, plays, I feel like, less than movies, where uh, a lot of plays like have a character sit down and be like, well, this is how I feel, and this is my whole family backstory. It's just like, shut up, shut up, stop. Mm-hmm. But in this scene, it just like... It's set up very it, well. It's set up very well, it works very eloquently, and you kind of leave the scene being like, well, so that's why she's kind of like on edge. Yeah, you it, know? It, it makes sense, too. Yeah. And, and my point here is, bef- before that scene, like that's kind of where it takes the first turn, because... At first, there's tension for sure, but it feels like this family, for having come home from a funeral, is unnaturally well composed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's Especially where for things, a mother. Exactly. And that's where things start to unravel from there. I still think it could be perceived that, like, you know, she... Because the way I read that, I knew something was up, obviously, but the way I could have looked into it, or kind of like maybe the real world connection is like, I think some families, when they have you know, the eldest part of their family who's going through dementia and, like, kind of hanging out by a thread and, like, I don't want to make it sound, like, cynical, but it's kind of, like, almost a relief when they go. It's mm-hmm. just, like, you've been kind of yeah, going, yeah. like, your twilight years have been filled with, like, you're not really knowing what's going on and, mm-hmm. like, it's been hard for us to take care of you, but it's also, like, really hard for you to just be alive and this is, like, really hard. So there's almost kind of, like, a, well, they're... This is very relief. sad, but yeah. this is this is maybe is better in the long run, you know. Well, and I think the I, you could read it. 
I think that's kind of what the writer was pulling into those those scenes with those characters. Definitely. I mean, in a lot of real world cases with Alzheimer's, the victim, the 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 patient themselves be, is mostly unaware of what is happening to them, besides yeah. from confusion. Mm-hmm. And the real hard burden comes on the family for right. watching their family member disintegrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost think when you talk about showing its hand a little bit, mm-hmm. that one of the only moments I think there's a little bit heavy-handed is when she does see her mother in the... or It's too early. It's very early. Yeah. And I, I you... I, you with horror, you need to start off with a little bit. You need to give them a little bit yeah, just to pe- mm-hmm. make people. That's the only like horror beat where they're like, "Yeah, yeah. we kind of have to throw this in there just so they know that they yeah. kind of have to be like on the lookout for something." It just puts yeah. people on it. I mean, yeah. it's like it's the basketball and it follows. Yeah, like the kind of one jump scare where you just get like a little, and like mm-hmm. from there you're kind of like you're already the hairs on your arms are stood up mm-hmm. because yeah. and then from there on it just kind of like twists the knife slowly but surely mm-hmm. um so it does kind of show its hand there but it shows its hand in a paranormal way that is but you could still play it off as like schizophrenia y- yes or you could play it off as you know her just her visualizing her mother yeah um, i did hear or something like that. i did hear what do you guys say there's a line after that scene where she comes back from her workshop where she sees her mother. A workshop of terrifying horrors. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I just scared myself uh, in the workshop. And one of you were like, with everything in there? That yeah. was me. Yeah. yeah, that was Jeremy. <laughs> that was pretty good. Everything in that room was pretty fucking everything scary. Everything in that room was pretty upsetting, especially because, you know, she is representing her trauma in most cases in her art with the, the Abs- diorama absolutely. scenes that she's actually building. Absolutely. In... in- We'll get to that later, but in one would say maybe an unhealthy uh, yeah, fashion. Yeah, you could say for, that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Definitely, <laughs> it, well, it, it doesn't start as unhealthy. No. It's definitely no. as a point of like trying to make creativity be something that's like tangible and like understandable. It's catharsis as well. Yeah. I mean, as art usually is, mm-hmm. it is a, a way of getting that sort of feeling out of you mm-hmm. and in a positive, constructive way. Definitely. Yeah. Not uh, so much when you build a scene of your mother standing in the doorway of you and your husband sleeping in your yeah, bed. That's... And and her mother forcibly like trying to breastfeed the the infant. Yes. That one definitely That one was pretty of... was that in that first scene where she sees it? It was it was definitely early. No, it was later. It was later. It was later. Sure. That but one was pretty fucked. That was a really good like backstory without any dialogue. Yeah. You're just like, oh, well, it just shows you, like, she's been talking about her mom was very control of, like, yeah. controlling, and then you see that part, and you're like, oh, that's how bad it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. okay. Which, I, I really, I don't want to jump to the ending right now, but I think all these things really, with the ending of the movie, pay off mm-hmm. in huge ways. Yeah. I think it's just hard to have no, I don't think that stories need resolution, especially positive, like, resolution, but it's kind of just hard to see, like, some of, like, the more familiar th- familial threads and character specific threads kind of just like really fall by the wayside like i don't think that at all well that's fair we'll talk about that at the end well, I, d- I, I think d- the way that the movie ends we'll come back to this at the uh, later on in the sure. podcast but i think all the things that are happening mm-hmm. in the movie with this family and this family legacy are tied with a bow at the end of this movie yeah i i definitely agree with that um this movie doesn't have a positive resolution at all and it almost it almost fools you into wanting it. Yes. 
And I, did you did any of the three of you go into this movie expecting a positive resolution? No, oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Did it comes at night end happily? No. no. Did the witch end happily? What? No. No. <laughs> it ended. It ended. <laughs> I don't know about happily. I knew I knew but based on the trailers that this movie is gonna be incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly chilling. And that's exactly what it was. And it, yeah, it succeeded in that. And that's exactly what I, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, same. That's always what I want from these movies is to be put. I don't want to be. I don't. uh, Jump scares are cheap. Jump scares are easy. But absolutely, conveying the feeling of true dread to an audience is significantly harder. And I think this movie nails it. So when you do have those jump scares and you do have those very sudden moments of. Just what the hell? It's, what the it, fuck was that? What the fuck was that? That was horrible. It's all the more effective. Yes, mm-hmm. which probably brings us to the first like actually shocking moment. Shocking moment of this movie, which yeah. really was yeah deeply it, upsetting. Honestly, it's the it's the scariest part of the movie. For right. Me. Yeah. And then and and you are passing on a level of guilt to another member of the family who. Up until this point, you said Peter is the teenager who seems largely disaffected by everything that's going on around yeah. him because he's a yeah. teenager. He's, yeah, a he's bo- in high school. Boy. He's going through boring high school yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's and... he's like ripping the bong and yeah. and texting girls. Yeah, and uh, respect. respect exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he and Charlie go to a party. Yeah, they do a good job of of sowing the seeds of uh, the nuts, the nut allergy, the nut allergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was very well done. Nut allergies are fucking terrible, dude. I'm sure they are. They're awful. I'm sure they are. Did she not see those nuts in those cake? I mean, come on. They're like chopping. Uh, she that girl's going ham on some nuts at the beginning they, of that they scene. Were, they weren't looking there. The frame went there, but they were like they weren't looking there. And, going and he way. was kind of like forcing her to like eat the cake, be social, eat yeah, the cake. Yeah, exactly. He did. And yeah, but he just didn't know. He just no. He get didn't her know. Away. He didn't know, and I think she was probably pretty shell shocked from being around people in that setting. Yeah, so she is clearly a socially challenged girl she's in also the first place. 13 yeah she's, she's 13, 13 in yeah. a high school party where they're all drinking and right. smoking and having all these yeah crazy they're all like happen. 17 18 probably at that party and she's yeah. 13 like I, i'm already... tw- i'm 23 and i would be uncomfortable in that oh, environment yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah there's no scenes where someone was just like why is this child here yeah, yeah. isn't that kind of weird yeah. Like, well yeah the, the no the, one brought the, it up the quote-unquote girlfriend or like almost love interest of the movie the just the girl that he's the, ogling the girl that he's yeah. he's got googly eyes for it's just like oh that's your sister and he was like yeah and then it ends there and, and then she, like, dro- she drops the hard r after that yeah i think it's a show that like high school kids are stupid high school kids are yeah. can be kind of shitty yeah, yeah. They are, they're not really too i was like, Jesus I, was like I was expecting a little empathy for the like, yeah. for the sister that being there i think that would diminish my crush on you maybe yeah. maybe that's why that that thread was dropped because maybe. maybe he was just like, oh, yeah. what did you just say? Generally, all, all the high school kids at the party anymore. were like pretty chill, though. They were like, I give that girl a piece of cake. She just needs water, I guess. Hey, there's something wrong with your sister. She's hey, chilling dude. with us at the party. Yeah. And we're not being mean to her, which. Hey, I don't dude, know. your sister's totally bugging out, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's not Jesus being cool Christ. at all. <laughs> She has got no chill. Yeah, she, you she gotta eat, get her out of She here. eats the cake that has nuts in it, and her throat starts closing, and she right. starts having like the realization of that her throat's getting bigger, and that she's not, she's having a hard time breathing. And that, also that's, like, that yeah. stuff gets me. It's a terrifying scene it's, in a very real world scenario. Like, there's nothing paranormal about that scene whatsoever. 
Not at all. And That's why I really like that. When the accident happens, it is deeply upsetting, and again, nothing paranormal about it whatsoever. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I have a little sister, and seeing the little brother be so not careless, but just like terrified. T- not terrified. It's there's another word for it. Just I guess, I guess careless is the best way to put it. Irresponsible. Yeah. Where he he's trying to save his sister, but in the process, he fucking decapitates her. Right. But and it's I, like, oh my god! I by trying to do the right thing, by tra- doing yeah. the worst case, the li- yeah. literally the worst case scenario. Literally the worst not, case scenario. Not very helpful. I don't think he. It is um, in that case, him being irresponsible with her when he's trying to save her. Mm-hmm. I think that is like a circumstance that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and also he fucking ripped the bong like right before they get yeah. in the car. Yeah. So not yeah. ideal driving conditions. No. 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 Um. I think it's it. There's a level of irresponsibility when he's at the party with Abs- her. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I mean. And he abandons her yeah. to go get high with this girl that he has a crush on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's also like for an 18 year old boy, not super out of the ordinary. No. It's not you know, out of ordinary. You bring but... your sister to you bring your sister who's weird to a party, and yeah. he tries to ditch her pretty quickly. Yeah, that that that's that's the part where it's irresponsible for me because like I would never imagine like. Just wanting to like throw my sister away just so I could get high. It's just that you're a good person. Yeah, I know I'm a good person, but like well, he was thinking like, what's the worst that could happen? It's and also then, getting well, high know. was not his number one priority. No, of getting course, laid was his priority. Yeah, of which course, is like the seven, mind of a seventeen year old. Of boy. course, of course. Not saying it's excusable, but it it introduces that guilt in his character that yeah. is. It, he's not. I think it's important that it. He's not. He is to blame, but it is not 100% his fault. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a joint effort. Yeah. Between him and his mother. Joint. The mother. Nice 420 blade. <laughs> the mother, it, nice. it, the nice. mother kind of forcing him to take his sister in order for him to like not do like illegal things, to right. be responsible, and it just blowing up in both of their faces. And I, I really like the uh, amount of time and patience it gives that scene after the oh, de- yeah. decapitation actually it doesn't happens. show her immediately it takes a long time it's, yeah. it's just that one close-up on his face right and it, he won't look yeah, either won't look. like yeah. i think that is that is like really affecting in when that scene in, when he's in the car and he's like are you he's about to say are you okay and then he just kind of stops because obviously not because yeah, yeah. he doesn't want to face what it just happened yeah and instead of telling anyone or doing anything he, he just goes home and he goes to bed yeah, as that shit like, was heartbreaking it yeah. was really it was deeply rough. upsetting it was yeah it was rough, rough. it was really rough and, and, then, like, and then they do the, the smash cut to the the head the, the head well before that they the way that they hit, the mom finds like, the, the mom oh yeah that's right the mom finds out to the head and it's and they stay on that head for what feels like hours in eternity yeah. yeah they stay on his face right after it happens for a very long yeah. time as he is like shell shocked, and then they stay on the head. That the image is not gonna leave my head for a while. while. It's rough. Or or him like uh, waking up in the morning and then hearing his mother go outside to see what happened, and then his face as she hears his mother screaming. That 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 stuck with me more than just the head, because mm-hmm. the yeah. head the head is just like you know I've I've seen decapitated it's heads before. Yeah, 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 it's movie. It gore. was more like the emotion of the character being like. Oh my god! Now they know. Now I've really fucked up. It, it, maybe do, it's just on-screen children death gets to me yeah, in movies. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think it's 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 effective Fair. that um, they don't. They're very careful not to show you anything mm-hmm. until they show you the de- decapitated, rotting, mm-hmm. bug infested head. Yeah, it is jarring. Yeah, I almost I almost felt like they were gonna be like, no, she's fine. <laughs> like, and I was kind of glad because this movie doesn't. This movie is, has like very not logical but like concrete evidence throughout the whole thing it's not it's not like one thing happens and then he's like oh you gotta look at this you gotta look at this and the other character sees it and he just doesn't see anything you know that that trope in horror movies oh yeah oh you're just going crazy that's used so much more effectively in this movie. I was very glad when later on in the movie, not to jump too when far ahead, when the husband ahead, goes upstairs, when the husband yeah. goes upstairs, like no, that's actually the no, I, I, I thought they were up. definitely gonna do that, and yeah. then because like that, I was like, yes. Yeah. Well, as soon as same. he pulls down the uh, and the bugs come out, you know, you know, like, you know right, what's up. Good. Phew, they're not doing that. Yeah. Um, I think the after the back to the uh, decapitation, I think uh, the fact that it takes so long. In the movie for, like, the family to kind of talk about it. Yeah. Because it just makes that tension for all that time. Just like, just like when are you guys going to fucking talk about this? Mm-hmm. This is terrible. This yeah. is the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? And they're just kind of, like, suppressing it. Just keeping it lower and lower. I do love the shots of Tony Collette as she is having her meltdown after finding out about it. Especially seeing how straight she is after her, her mother passing away. Yeah, mm-hmm. To see how that affects her. Because yeah. that's, like you said, that is... The fear that she has that her bad luck that she has had throughout her entire life with her family has now been passed on to her own mm-hmm. child. Both yeah. her children. Well, at, in this case, she doesn't know first Peter, just yeah. her, yeah, her Just child. Charlie, yeah. Because um, that is her anxiety. It's the kind of anxiety we talked about in A Quiet Place as well, of like mm-hmm. wanting to protect her children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, those scenes are of her in the bedroom with her husband and then the mm-hmm. actual funeral scene as well, which is a great shot of the casket being dropped down into, yeah. into the ground. They also show that in the trailer. That's in the trailer as well, but, but still. It's A+. nice to see it on screen and like have the shot linger. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Lingering is definitely a, a common word used to describe this movie. It's not bad. It lingers on it's a lot of wrong. shit. It takes its time. And it that's something that is also a, it, it, a kind of a tried and true thing for a24 horror movies mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it lets it lets itself like really like slowly sink its teeth into you rather than just like giving a big old bite like a typical horror movie would do jeremy and i were talking about before the movie i was asking him like how long is this movie and he's like well you know most horror movies are an hour and 30 minutes you know 90 minutes long and this movie was like just over two hours yeah. i think yeah and if it most horror movies, you know, are really fast, just and it's over. This movie, yeah. it felt like it's just like it feels like a smooth two hours. It doesn't. It doesn't feel overly long. It's, I actually, that's, thought it that's was not. An hour it's, and a half. That's not what I mean. It's just like it has the time it needs mm-hmm. to be effective. Mm-hmm. It's not like cut off. It's not like you know, an hour and thirty minutes in. Oh, now we have to have the big climax, and it's and then it's over. It, it wraps. It like ramps up at a good time. I really like the act breaks, which you don't realize. Until you kind of like learn like the the lore of the film, mm-hmm. they are like kind of like oh the and like I forget what the last like witchy phrase on the wall was, but like it kind of sounded like like the shit's about to pop off. Pandemonium, exactly. Yep. So you knew it's like the thing is happening, and uh, yeah, I kind of I, I like that the movie kind of like sheds the bullshit and gets really like weird and like I, I honestly do think it gets like tropey, especially like 
visually and i think that's good i think that's cool i think it's mm. i think it's good to kind of have a hybrid of like a horror movie that's like a24 and a slow burn and also like have a i think it's what's a long almost half hour long payoff you mm-hmm. know it could be considered almost like a separate like mini horror movie mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things because it gets so witchy but it's so effective because of the seeds that it established earlier in the film mm-hmm. i i'm remiss to call it tropey i think it uses fam- familiar horror imagery but yeah. i think it presents it in a context and in a, a fashion that does not feel tropey i guess i mean i don't mean tropey in a negative sense i think uh I just think it, it uses that imagery as well, and I think that it, it uses, uses the it genre to its to its, its advantage. Genre, I mean, like you know, there's only so many ways you can visualize these things, but I think the way that they're composed is is unique and interesting. Like yeah. maybe we'll wait a little bit more to get to the final like thirty minutes because I mm-hmm. do have a plan. Yeah, say there's about still that. more to go. There's definitely over. still more to like kind of unpack as we move through the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really like when they do finally address the thing, the thing, and the not even the, the thing. You it's mean the daughter, even... the, the daughter's death? Or I'm talking about the dinner scene. Yeah, the dinner oh, scene. Yeah, yeah oh, totally. The dinner scene. Is so well, that scene. I guess even amazing. Before the dinner scene, when is the scene where Annie describes her sleepwalking? Because that is another like spectacular to, Tony Collette moment. She's talking to Joni. I guess it's the first time they get when coffee she meets together. Joni. When she yeah. meets Joni, could that happens before the dinner scene. Yeah, I believe and the, so. And yeah. also before the seance or any witchy stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. So like that is another great scene. Very elucidating moment of what is going on with this family dynamic. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like shows how broken they are. It shows, especially how like sh- when she's in the scene with the uh like in in like the kind of like grief counseling area mm-hmm. she's kind of talking about how her family is the issue and how these things happen and she doesn't really consider herself having any blame for anything but then when she's with Joni she talks about her doing the sleepwalking potentially sliding her children on fire and that's when she kind of talks about like no I have the thing too like I, I also blame. have the the evil inside me yeah. you know right. which which really scared me because my mother sleepwalks and, she, <laughs> and if she was like if she was Whoa. over my bed with a bottle of kerosene and a match I, I don't know what I would a do lit and, match? a lit match and also you would be covered in paint thinner right yeah oh yeah it wasn't yeah. kerosene it was paint thinner paint yeah. thinner no thanks which is a really just hearing her describe that is very affecting I thought yeah it's disturbing well she's like I put it out right away I put it out right away it's like that's not better yeah <laughs> that's I, I, good <laughs> I think it's, it speaks a lot to her performance how yeah. it can be unsettling to just hear her tell the story yeah um, and it and again it goes back to the kind of um, fears that she has about her own mother and the way that she feels about her own mother and how that's manifesting in her subconsciously mm-hmm. yeah this movie's really good, y'all. Yeah, yeah. it's really fun. It's very good. good. We, it's very we're good. not even halfway done. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I guess her to, meeting Joni is like the next big to, beat, right? We don't have to walk through it beat by beat, but uh-huh. I do like so many. Of these, lot so many of yeah. these moments are so strong that I, I think that, and there's a lot to unpack in each of them. That mm-hmm. it is, I do like kind of just moving through. I think uh, Joni is so un, unsuspecting till she's not anymore you know what i mean like when you first meet her you're like you're like no i remember her in the in the rehab scene and like i, I remember her she's she's a friend she's good right i thought she, she was gonna be thing. was she in that rehab scene i uh, see so you don't know no she was, i don't think, I think she very, was very specifically she was not yeah yeah i thought i thought she was gonna be like some kind of victim 
like she was like going to be you know you know how they introduce a character that like does this like uh in a typical horror movie they they have this character that does all this like expository and then and then like later on they kill him in some right. way right but the does Joni does not go that way well i mean from the moment she goes to Joni's place and notices the placemat mm-hmm. the welcome mat mm-hmm. and says First my time. grandma used to make those yeah. or my mother used to make things that look just it's definitely like a, that. a red hair and she's like her, yeah. well no it's a red flag yeah it's a red flag <laughs> right yeah. yeah. right. i guess i just didn't notice that she's part. like oh and say and, and joni says like oh your, your grandma did the same thing oh that's funny she's like oh no i don't believe that shit for one in minute a, in a movie <laughs> like you said that's this what was the word precise you, precise they don't just throw away a line like that for no, no reason. No. Um, so from that moment, it's like, well, Joni knew your mother. And we all know your mother was up to some shit. Or you're very strongly hinting that your mother was up to some shit. Some shit. And I like how close to the vest they play that for the, the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they They really hold on. They hold back on that witchy stuff and they do it very well with the the mother's uh the grandmother's stuff where she has all those books and stuff she doesn't want to look at it and uh the mother uh what's her what's her name the 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 main character annie annie of the movie uh doesn't even want to look at it and it shows like the like like uh something about like the life of spiritualism or something like that uh-huh. and she's just like no i don't want to read that right and i didn't even like pick up on that the first time i saw it what, what is the book it's like the spiritual beings or something like that it, yeah something like that something of spiritualism it's something that like even if you found that in your grandmother's things it's not like oh my grandmother was like trying to summon yeah. some demons it's like oh my, my grandmother was into some spiritual weird stuff yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. when she gets deeper in there it seems and it's tame like, enough she reads her horoscopes yeah <laughs> She's an Aquarius. She's in nice. zoology and whatever that's, that stuff is. Zoology? Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, believes in the spirits of elephants. Uh-huh. Like we all should. Yeah. And then she gets into the uh, the seance stuff, which really is effective in like a horror movie context. Because, you know, sometimes they do seances with characters that are very critical and don't believe it. And nothing happens. And they're yeah. like, and it just gives more fuel to the fire for them. And they're like, oh, you're just crazy. But in yeah. this one... It actually happens. Right. The glass moves. It, it's Fire very, comes like, out of the candle. And you're like, oh, fuck. You're like, oh, there's some shit happening and well, this is not good. You mentioned that before how it, it, it does kind of feel like two different movies mm-hmm. where it's you have all the stuff before the seance and all the stuff after the seance. Mm-hmm. And the seance itself feels very jarring because it's the first time that the movie looks the paranormal stuff directly in the face mm-hmm. and addresses it directly. Mm-hmm. But the way that that Annie freaks out in that scene. Mm-hmm. I think, though it is jarring, and I do think it is a, a sharp turn for the yeah. movie, I think the way that her character reacts makes it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. It She's so it, terrified by because it. Because that is yeah. where she starts to lose it as well. Mm-hmm. She sees that shit happens, and it fucks it. She is hanging on the precipice up until this point, and she, and she goes off. straight over after that yeah. happens. And I think Joni knew that, and that's why she did it. Well, I think she also knew that her... Guilt. Mother, well, her yeah. mother was. She at least must have had some sort of inclination that her mother was involved with this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, she says it, um, at the funeral, you know, my mother was a very private woman. Mm-hmm. You know, during her eulogy, her mother's eulogy, she says like, my mother was a very private woman. She kind of alludes to like, my mother got up to some shit. I don't really know. <laughs> she must have had like yeah. some sort of inclination that that was happening, mm-hmm. and I think 
the reason she freaks out so hard when the seance happens and she sees real tangible evidence that that kind of thing is real Mm -hmm. is because she had all of that ties into the anxiety of the inheritance of Mm -hmm. uh, dementia from her mother like all of that stuff that she must have gotten through at least through osmosis from her mother if not directly her mother addressing those things Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's real and i think that is why she loses it so hard in that scene yeah if for me i kind of perceived it as annie was was uh, realizing that it's real and freaking out about it but also realizing that it's believing it and and understanding that she comes from you know a line of mediums almost where she can like also sense these things these spirits and like call them forward right and she 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 like passes it off for like the next couple of scenes but then she's like no i think i can do this and then she starts trying to call charlie getting all the family involved right and then their their reactions are even worse than hers and it's so devious once you get to the end of the movie and you find out specifically why Joni was really um why she stressed so much that your whole family needs to be in the house when yeah. you say these words. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get it to Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just trying to take him off. Take this, him off. This master plan, do you think it accounted for Charlie dying so early or So here's here's why I think the ending works. Okay. So well. This is the 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 what I've pieced together of this whole kind of scheme. Sure. The Annie's mother from the beginning was trying to summon this king of hell yeah mm-hmm. uh Eamon, i think they call him payment payment i think it's, it's a P. yes she was trying to summon this demon from hell yeah she used annie as a vessel to birth this demon from hell mm-hmm. charlie was supposed to be the demon from hell and and became the demon from hell but they specifically say Payman wants Payman is male and wants a male body. That's why Grandma wanted a boy. Mm-hmm. But Payman was still put into Charlie's body. Mm-hmm. So part of the whole plan was to get Payman out, out of Charlie's body and then in to Peter's body. Sure, mm-hmm. but Peter still the. How could the hand have put you know Charlie Charlie's death in that moment? You know. Well, I, th- I, well, I feel like that is that is sheer causality. Yeah, I don't know if it's that so much as like witchcraft in that way, and and like magic, willing like something to capital happen. Capital M causality. magic. Yeah. yeah, is is some of that stuff is very much especially like in Satanism and demonology and that kind of stuff. Like it is like you will something to happen, and it will maybe like the demonology gave her the nut allergy. Maybe. Or I, I think uh, it's I think it's more it's that that Annie had kind of a dual personality the the person she is and the sleepwalker, and we don't really know in the movie when she's either, and so she could have been like the sleepwalker when she's like, hey, take your sister to this party, and she, oh, you mean she like is unreliable uh, in that way? Uh, I didn't think about that's that. That's an interesting theory. Because I mean, it's interesting. I don't know she, if it would be there's that. There's just explicit. not enough evidence that how lucid she is when she's sleepwalking yeah but she she seemed very lucid when she was doing the the seance with her family but she's not sleepwalking at that time no she is 
When she's doing the seance? I think so. Because no, he, I, he, spread, he, he so. puts the water in his face and then she like wakes up. And she's like, well, what happened? She's possessed by Charlie. I think that's, during, that's because of a possession. She's, she's okay. lucid, summons Charlie. Charlie goes inside her. And then she's like, mommy, where are you? Mommy. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right and you're then right. they hit her with the water. You're right. I was and wrong. then she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I that's interesting, but I don't think I don't think it's a Tyler Durden I, I, sort of scenario. I like, I like that. I like that. But yeah, I also really like. Five I wonder how much <laughs> how much these series hold up with the second viewing. Well, that's part of the reason I'm very curious about watching yeah. this movie again. Mm-hmm. I just don't hate myself enough. That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. So no <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> I mean, I I like I like demonic summonings as much as the the next person. Of course. Yeah. I was, <laughs> a little bit surprised how directly this is like demonic summoning yeah yeah, yeah. and i could i can see dude. how like the the four percent of people that saw this movie is rotten were like uh it's just a demon possession movie you know just like whatever i don't feel like thinking or liking anything so yeah it's a rotten <laughs> 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 fact, seems right uh a hobby of mine is to whenever a movie has a very very high rotten tomato score mm-hmm. uh and there's like one or two critics that do not like the movie, I like to follow that critic or like you know go to that critic's page on Rotten Tomatoes and read like through some of their prior reviews. I do reviews. the same thing. I do the same like, thing. Well, if you don't like this, what do you like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it turns out, what, so when I did this, it was at ninety eight percent. I think now it's at ninety six percent. I think it's ninety four. Ninety six. Is it ninety four? Started under. Now that it's like out, it's mm-hmm. probably gonna you know all the quote unquote critics that mm-hmm. weren't able to see the movie before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. So. How critical are you, really? <laughs> Us in this room. Um, we saw it as soon as we could. Those. That's when the the uh, the negative reviews start to come out. But the guy, I forget his name, so I'm not gonna put him on the blast that hard. But um, this guy that gave Hereditary its first negative review mm-hmm. gave a positive review to anyone want to guess? I think I might have said it in the group chat the Hurricane Heist. <laughs> I don't even know that movie. Oh, <laughs> oh no. uh, I mean, I that's also really give Hurricane Eyes a positive review. Yeah, but, but... That's, that's me. <laughs> it's just exactly how it sounds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's made by the imagine, guy who made Fast One. Imagine oh, a Fast yeah. and the Furious movie that somehow made it to theaters, but is about on par with your typical sci-fi original movie. And they're fighting the hurricane. Okay. In a while, way, while trying to steal, the, there at times the hurricane has like the mummy face, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I know, like he says sometimes, and you think like a four times in the movie, twice. Yeah, twice. The beginning, like, and the, the, the bookends of the movie, it's just like. And by the way, it's also spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. So, yeah, yeah. I I think from a. It's hard to say this. From an objective standpoint, there is a lot of craft that went into this movie. Whether you like it or not is definitely a matter of taste. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you can order uh, uh, argue with the amount of care that was put into making this movie. Yeah, it's from the directing and the writing to the the cinematography and the production design, the sound, the sound. Yeah, the score. It's all it's all top notch. It is very high quality. It's yeah. Again, does not mean you have to like it. Yeah, like like this movie. Not a lot of fun. It's, it's yeah, it's, not it's a, very upsetting. I, I kind of disagree. Literally a bad time. I, I like I like horror movies that are like like this, where it's it's just it's not 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 a downer, but like it's so well crafted as 
to be very uncomfortable and almost you almost hate watching it but you can't stop watching it 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 sticks with you yeah it becomes all the more memorable Mm -hmm. well it's also why do people go on roller coasters right you want to feel a certain kind of way yeah you know why do you watch really sad movies you want to feel sad Mm -hmm. why do you watch scary movies you want to feel scared Mm -hmm. like if you're walking into a scary movie and you don't want to feel scared a why are you there but you're not going to have a good time Mm -hmm. but if you go in expecting this and knowing this and wanting this it's very effective. That's that. just, you know, Absolutely. that's the art of cinema is to explore these emotions, but in a safe environment. Right. Convey empathy. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who he is, I used to work with him. He's not like, he's not critical about movies and shit at all. He's, he's a casual movie goer, right? And uh, there was one time I was talking about the Babadook and I was like, Babadook is fucking like one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. He's like, oh, that movie sucks. <laughs> He's like, that movie sucks. like not scary at all. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. But then mm-hmm. I always think about him mm-hmm. when I like see other horror movies and stuff. And I was thinking about like him saying that when I was watching Hereditary. I'm like, you know, I don't think even him, like he could not even leave this movie being like unsatisfied because mm-hmm. that last part of the movie gives, I think, the casual horror audience the people you know in the summer trying to get you know their ass in a seat to see something scary this give this literally delivers on that front you know it, it gives some logical explanation why this yeah. movie's scary mm-hmm. but and, coming, coming yeah. out of this movie like um i i i knew it was a, gr- a great crafted movie well made um but i wasn't crazy about like it turning into like a spiritual uh kind of paranormal thing because i thought it was just gonna be like the hereditary stuff the whole movie and the more I think about it, the more it works for me. Yeah. But coming out of the movie, I was like, this is a well-made movie, but I don't know about the ending, kind of. But now, as you've like been talking about it, I kind of like it a lot more as I think about it. I think it all works as the extreme you know, extrapolation of those familial anxieties, mm-hmm. um, which is what all these horror movies usually are. It's, mm-hmm. like it's just taking it, it is personifying that kind of anxiety mm-hmm. with something that is culturally accepted as you know horror or paranormal activities Mm -hmm. you know Um, like like this movie didn't really scare me there's only like a couple scenes that scared me um but it's such a brave strong man i I, I don't i don't don't want to sound like that but like uh, i it, it was more suspenseful i just wanted to know what 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 the what the hand was it's also a great what the poker hand was for this movie there's a very good mystery in this movie as well and that's what i liked about it yeah um but it depends on how you define being scared yeah also yeah true because is being scared like (gasps) like you know is that like that kind of jump like (laughs) that reaction i've been doing that i've been doing that to jeremy his whole fucking life um you think you learned like is that scary is that being scared or is that being surprised or shocked right or startled or is being scared sitting there in that seat and just like feeling that level of discomfort you know he's like i don't like this i don't, I like, don't this. like this yeah this, yeah, this well, is robbie this is a I, 10 I, out of 10 bad idea i said yeah. that a few times <laughs> just going to just like i'm gonna go in the attic or i'm gonna do the sands i'm like why why are you gonna do that <laughs> that's not probably not a good idea yeah, walk like, away just don't, just don't walk do away this. oh guys i brought like three ouija boards maybe we should just fuck with these for like an hour i don't know <laughs> never ever ever fuck with a luigi board never, never do luigi. it <laughs> don't do it it's bad i 10 out of 10 a ouija board what do Lu- you have a, Lu- a widget board? A Luigi board. A, a Luigi board. A, yeah. a Waluigi board. A wa- definitely don't fuck with a Waluigi board. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Brian, you get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> wow. Don't you even say that in this house. You piece of 
well, shit. <laughs> I, the stuff that scared me most was in just any movie is like something that's like believable. That's like could happen in sure. real life. I so, mean, so ghost stuff doesn't like affect me as much because I've seen you know how many jump scare movies. Sure. From contrary sure. to anything. I mean, at the end of the day, but it's... It, it was it was based on the craft and the cinematography and the use of light and sound. It fucking sold me. But you're also a very tough, strong guy. So like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's let's get a Waluigi board. They had no, that, that might, that that might get him. They had to ask Brian to put down the the tree trunk he brought in that he was carrying the entire time. Yes. Like, so you can't bring that in the movie, boy. And he said, he said, I just chopped this down. I just chopped. Down Point three me in the outside. direction of jump scares. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take him. I'll fight all of them with my stump. It will kiss um, Pennywise on the mouth. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yes. probably not a good kiss. Yes, it's a sexual way. Yeah, way like too much him. tongue. Yeah, no, he might just take kisser. your whole face off. He's got like that. that. I'm like scared. The, <laughs> the fish mouth thing, you know. Um. So, well, I, I, where do we get to in our like kind of plots? I, do we want to just well, kind of get to the the yeah, end? Yeah, talk about the ending. Point? Yeah. Um, pops off. Yeah. the sun. It starts with the sun waking up. The sun waking up in his bed. Well, right at, I mean, right. even the seance that they have, I guess we you talked about it a little bit, but like the actual seance. I think that's still, that's, that's end of act two. That's before yeah, like the still, last bit. But I mean, that is like. That's when shit gets really weird. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I and think they act, invite the demon, basically. Yeah. I think act two ends when the father goes up in flames. Yes. And then after and that. That moment. Uh, is so I think it starts a little earlier. I think it starts with him, oh, like when he's banging his head on the table and stuff. I feel yeah, like when, true, when, yeah. she, when she discovers her mother's body. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's think, a good point. But you know, well, they, act, act structures are you it's know very but I, subjective. A I, subjective concept. I kind of only. I think it really starts when they say pandemonium, like that line on the wall, because mm-hmm. they do it three oh, yeah, times yeah, in the movie. You're right, you're right. So you're those right. are that's what I would consider act breaks of the mm-hmm. film is yeah. when they have the writing on the walls. Mm-hmm. It, it is almost like a title card, like act yeah. One, I think they they do yeah. it on purpose, and I, I'm sure if you find the way to translate those words, they would be like pretty thematic about about what mm. you're about to see <laughs> well pandemonium you don't have to translate that is uh, i figured that one out yeah yeah that one's, good that job that's an english it's, word but for Great me job. the climax happened when the sun wakes up yes sure and doesn't yeah, know yeah, what's yeah. going on the house is very silent and he's looking around and you point at you hit me on the shoulder and you and the mother is just hanging on the wall in the like, corner like mm-hmm. in a dark corner and i'm just like oh fuck see that's they, like they that's some classic that horror movie shit that like people should like if you're stupid yeah. even like, yeah. if you're stupid you should be like it's like did you see her on the fucking ceiling yeah. it's like yeah it's for you man and it's like the naked dude just like blues and then like, she oh, silently yeah. like gets the fuck out of there and then she's and, like, doing the headbutt on the thing like that's all like it's like this all makes sense that for is this horror movie. that is classic like, horror movie yeah horror movie imagery but i mean it it puts um the the people that um charlie sees earlier in the movie like when she's at the funeral and there's the guy just standing there smiling at her yeah it puts all that into context yeah. because yeah. she is the incarnation of this payment demon and everyone knows mm-hmm. it and every the people that are involved that know her grandmother know that yeah and when they see her they're like smiling at her and i i didn't even catch up on that until uh the wooden mannequin with her decomposing head on the top right Jesus. and i was like oh what a fucking image shit. she was the first incarnation of payment yeah. and then um Joni takes the crown off and puts it on peter's head yeah and he clicks and does the the tick yeah uh, and it's it's uh the the naked people in the background are i would say like that is 
not a horror movie trope. No, that no, is no, like that a is new. A, that is like an well, original. Well, I think it's thanks. It, it follows. It reminds me of. Yeah, I guess it follows. Yeah, a little bit. But in this scenario, like I think the last, I was thinking a lot about like tarot card covers and like mm-hmm. kind of like like classy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I totally. think that's and I think that's the imagery they're really going for, and they they make it very unsettling. Like I think everything that you see looks like a spooky tarot card you may have seen in the past. And no offense to witches out there, I'm sure you guys might even be offended by this movie. I don't know. There's two on the other side of this wall. It's true. Wow. I, it's, it is literally true. Oh, okay. And I've gotten tarot readings and I haven't died yet. But uh, I think that the movie is trying to like use that imagery and use it <laughs> kind of for... tarot works or Shut anything. your mouth. <laughs> I think I know. I'm alive. Um, yeah, those those bodies were super creepy. They were very yeah, creepy. They're and very I think even, even creepier when in that last scene you realize that those are actual people standing there yeah they're not you know apparitions or visions or anything mm-hmm. those are like followers who are just mm-hmm. super excited showed I, mean, up. <laughs> I think some of them were spirits because some of them look like they were like some of them look dead dead but i uh, think there, they're just weird there was other definitely in the uh the tree house there was definitely people in those there. were real people those were real people. Yeah, i didn't think sure. that the mom actually cut her head off Oh, yeah. And so they, they're like, no, nah, she did that. They showed like, her, her body there? Yeah. yeah. I, so she throws the book in the fire. Mm. The husband goes on the flames instead. Mm. And then she just loses all. Well, you cool. see her face change. Right. Yeah. Very disturbing. Like, very quick. Do you very think that disturbing. she... Like, she is horrified by her, her, her husband going up in flames. And then it's just and like... And then you, like, see her, like, the, like complexion of her face do you guys think that maybe she's like the grandmother in that moment the grandmother just kind of scoops in i feel like the mother they show that she can be she is subject to being possessed Possessed. earlier in the movie i think the grandmother was possessing her the whole time uh not the whole time but like she was like sprinkling it out she was probably working her way in and that might be you know in a way the sleepwalking like an indoctrination situation Yeah. yeah Oh, we didn't talk about the actual like sleepwalking nightmare scene. Oh my god! Oh, oh Jesus! That shit was it's great. Terrifying. <laughs> and he has the bugs. I mean, you know, Ants. you know fairly quickly. I think it's a nightmare scene, but it does mm-hmm. the thing where it's a nightmare within a nightmare. Yeah, you and don't know what's real. I really like about that is the moment that she has with Peter when she's talking to Peter. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she says, "I didn't want you," and that's you know it intro- introduces more of like that that familial guilt. That's that's the worst thing that a mother could say to some to oh absolutely a child. Uh, there's nothing else that's worse than that absolutely and then and then they go into how she wanted to like abort him and the son's yeah. just like what Why? else what else like yeah. I, he he just wants he just wants to get it out of her yeah and i i kind of i kind of wish that scene was real but a little bit yeah i kind of wish it was real it doesn't have to be though it because they're still be. like them having that conversation is still meaningful whether it's quote-unquote real or not mm. Um, but when they're having that conversation and it cuts back to him and he's soaking wet and then mm-hmm. it cuts back to her and she's soaking yeah, wet yeah, what's oh, going on man and then they go up in flames yeah <laughs> yeah fucking hell fucking hell man yeah. it's good in, in the car Jeremy was like alright I'm just gonna come out and say well, what the fuck man <laughs> that's totally how just I feel be about honest this with you. it's fucked I literally do not want to drive we talked about it earlier but I did not want to do that yeah yeah <laughs> I, it, it got me as well, like, when she's in the corner, when Peter first wakes up in his bed. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I, I noticed it. I touched your arm because I noticed that you did not notice yeah. it. But I think even more so you see her, her crawl, just being like in was the... the crawling. Yeah. That was spooky. That was spooky. I mean, yeah. that's very exorcist, but like. Yeah, Imagine if you didn't see time. her in the corner and then you saw that. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Man. Oof. 
No thanks. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. She flosses her own head off. She flosses her head off. I just oh, went to the man. dentist the other day and like That's what it's like. <laughs> flossing imagery, like You're almost there. Well at first, <laughs> was at first when she was doing that, I was like, Is she stabbing herself in the neck? And then as soon as it like made it so much worse when I realized like she like, she's like sawing, sawing her head off. Yeah. I guess that's just a part of like the sacrifice, like two matriarchs headless, or all the ladies are headless of the family. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yes. No thanks, man. What a great movie! It's a very, very. Th- this one's gonna stick with me for the rest of the yeah. year. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna stick with me all fucking night. Yeah. Can't wait to see it again on Tuesday. Yeah, the sleeping big strong, <laughs> four strong man's arms before I see it again. <laughs> no, yes. man. It's gonna be hard to top. It's gonna be fun watching uh, the other people's reaction. That that's I get a little bit of a sadistic pleasure taking yeah. my coworkers who do not know what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah come see this movie. You like horror movies? Yeah, come see it. It'll be fun. I mean, if they survive <laughs> through a killing of a sacred deer, I think they'll be okay. A small number of them did, and I also took them to Mother. That you was, did. That was also fun. <laughs> mother. Yeah. Mother. Mother, mother. You guys have any uh, closing closing thoughts? Any? I th- any? feel like I just said my closing thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I kind of feel that <laughs> way as well. I mean, at, after like all these new horror movies, like The Witch, Get Out, coming out, where they're more than just like scares and for you to feel fear. Yeah, they want you to actually think about it and actually think about what's going on in the real world context to all these anxieties and these um, things that the movies are trying to show. In uh, in a more myth- mythological type of way, yeah. and I felt like this movie hit it out of the park with both sides of the coin that it had, and I don't know. I want more A for twenty four horror movies because they're because uh, you can't one next year. you can't stop talking about this movie. There's yeah. just so much in it, yeah. and that's what I like about movies. If you can keep talking about it, other than like shitting on it. Yeah, then it's you know it's a good movie. Without a doubt, the movies that I like the the most are the ones that I want to talk about at length, that I keep talking about, and that I keep thinking about mm-hmm. long after you leave the theater. For and sure. this is for sure one of those movies. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it might be a twenty four's best horror movie since since The Witch. I really liked It Comes at Night as well. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm but in my that. my opinion, oh dude, It Comes at Night rocks. Oh, I think this movie is a. You shouldn't judge art on like a better, worse than scale. But yeah, I, I, think this, I think this movie has a better craft. I think this movie has like a craft to it that's like very like eye opening. It is kind of like this is, this is cool. Yeah. Like, it is. Yeah, I think it is a higher at a probably a higher level of craft. It's different, but it is the way it's made feels a little bit more meticulous than it comes at night. Yeah, in some ways. But it's interesting that this is the first one of those like what I would consider like the the trilogy now being the the witch. It comes a night and this this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the first one that takes place in modern day with a regular family mm-hmm. in a regular setting. Like there is nothing inherently supernatural at the offset. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. It comes at night is post apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. The witch is. I mean, it takes place in green a real room. setting, but it 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 happens in um, the past. Yeah, it happens in colonial. It's it's not modern times. Exactly. It, this it, is like very much normal everyday people that we are used to interacting I, with. I guess the closest thing in like a twenty four's context would be like green room. That's right. I forget oh, yeah. that. I keep forgetting that a, that green room that's, was a twenty four. Was that twenty fifteen? 
No, it was 2016. It came that Same the, year the, the, Witch, the right? Witch and the Green Room came out a month from each other. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Was there anything from A24 horror before? Well, I guess Crescia would be before The Witch, right? Uh, though no, those three movies came out within the same like few months. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, and there's also I think it was 2017, The Monster. Did you see that movie? Oh, I heard about. I heard you talk to me about. Yeah. It. It's um I don't think it's on the same level of quality as these other movies we've been talking about, but it is also worth a watch and it's also A24 as well. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually um I don't know the actress's name, but she plays in The Big Sick Kumail Nunjani's Oh, um, yes. wife. Yes. She yeah. plays the wife? Well, she uh, plays a girlfriend for the majority of the movie, but becomes his, his, his future wife. wife. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, I just want to say that the acting in this movie is spectacular. Uh, we yeah, especially, to reiterate that, especially the father who we haven't talked about much. Oh, we haven't talked but about he, him at all. Really Gabriel good. fucking Byrne. But I I remember like he's been in tons of stuff. But is the, he Irish? Uh, I, I well, I, I believe I I'm not sure. The only th- the notable thing I know him from is uh, Miller's Crossing. Okay, the Coen Brothers movie. I haven't seen that. And the only notable thing I know him from is the first season of Vikings. Oh, okay. Where he's the Jarl. Yeah. My, uh, my only acting critique is uh, Alex Wolf does not have a great cry. He has a very movie cry. Well, yeah. the thing is, I don't think any of us are that used to seeing teenage boys like crying with that level of intensity. Yeah. I, I mean, I was more being facetious, but I also yeah. think I was just like... Yeah. Well, it is, but the thing is, I think it is, I thought about that too, it is jarring to see a a boy his age like crying that hard and yeah, that hysterically, yeah. hysterically. Like you don't, it's you off-putting. Do, you don't see, it's upsetting. You know, boys, boys do cry, but like you don't see it very much portrayed mm-hmm. in movies in that way. There's sure. definitely some snickers from the crowd when he, when he, uh, when he cried, yes. but I did. I didn't agree with that. But I don't think that's a. <laughs> I didn't agree. But I took with a that. strong moral I, stance against this. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that was funny at all. I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a performance thing. I think it's just we're not like. What would a good cry from from a teenage boy look like? Mm-hmm. Fair. Like, especially in the context of being like haunted. In the context of some pretty fucked up shit happening, <laughs> in the context crying. of decapitating your little sister and then your mom doing seances and then actual paranormal shit. It's bad. It's a you. bad week. I don't know what kind of cry I would do, but I guarantee it would not be pretty. Yeah, no. it would not be pretty. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, we're gonna wrap on Hereditary. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, check us out on all of our social media pages. We are on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon we are on twitter at story underscore screen and of course you can find all kinds of other podcasts reviews think pieces and the like on storyscreenbeacon.com once again i'm jack kolajeski jeremy kolajeski robert anderson brian castellano thanks and uh good luck sleeping Come on! You've been waiting to do that for an hour. (laughs) Cut it. No, it was it was just the license plates uh, on the father's car. What the fuck? This is this is the first picture when you go into the IMDb. That's Mm -hmm. kind of a big spoiler. Let me see. Kind of, but you have no idea. Don't I mean, say, don't oh, say yeah. it because it's recording. I, I actually saw... Don't that's in the trailer. Like, what? That's in the trailer, that shot. Yeah, I guess.
There are you plenty, know what's going there on. There are plenty of shots in the trailer that are like revealing stuff that that's I mean, it's a trailer. It's why like the Marvel trailers have become like a thing that people dissect now because mm-hmm. like you're still using shots from the movie. So mm-hmm. it's why Marvel started putting in fake, fake shots stuff. in yeah. the trailers. Yeah. Because, Star Wars too. Because trailers in mm-hmm. most cases are not meant to be put under a microscope. No. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to know anything about the movie. So, um, okay. Hokey dokey. 